come on, he's making a way today. Father, we thank you that you're a way maker. That the battle is yours, God. Lord, every battle is yours. We believe that. We believe that you're making a way where there is no way. We believe that you have victory, God, that you've never lost a battle. We turn over every single battle we're fighting right now. We put it in your hands, Jesus. We give you glory and honor and praise, and we believe that you're going to make a way. You're going to give us victory. We have victory in Jesus. No matter what we're facing right now, no matter what you're facing, no matter what the enemy's trying to do, God turns it around for good. Lord, we thank you. We ask you to keep turning it for good. Everything that's happening right now in our nation, in our country, Lord, across this globe, Lord, everything the enemy's trying to bring against your people, bring against this planet. Father, we ask you to win every battle and turn it for good in the name of Jesus. Come on. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Come on. I hope you receive that. I believe that God is winning this battle. Come on, church. It is good to be with you online. What's up, Transformation Church online? It's so good to hang out and be in the house of God and be in our homes and bringing the word of God to you. And it's an honor just to be able to come to you uh, online today, really, and bring a word. I feel like God's given me a word on my heart uh, for this season. I really believe what we're singing there. I hope it encouraged you that God is the one that wins the battle. He's never lost a battle. He's not going to start now. And uh, we need to know that. We need to encourage ourselves in God. We need to encourage ourselves in the word of God more than ever before right now. And um, I, I really believe that um, I've got a word from, from God on my heart. I mentioned it last week in my message, and, and I, I tried to go a different direction and preach something else this week, but I just I couldn't do it. And Holy Spirit kept bringing me back to this verse and, and this little passage of Scripture uh, when it had to do with the plague that uh, God's people were facing. And obviously we know there's, it's not plague level, but I mean, across this world, there's a pandemic and there's a serious uh, thing taking place. And so um, I, I don't think it's exactly the same, but I wanted to bring this verse to light and just share some of the things that took place. I really think it's important um, that we be an unshakable church in a world that's stumbling. Yeah. Uh, I believe with all my heart that, that we have a world that's stumbling right now. In the text, the word uh, disease is used, the word plague is used, and it actually means to stumble. And so we're in a series called Unshakable Church. This is part two, and, and we're going to be an unshakable church, an unshakable people in the middle of a world that's stumbling. We need to be a strong church. We can't be shaky in these times when everything's stumbling around us. We talked last week about a shaking, and the Bible says that things that, that can be shaken will be shaken so that what can't be shaken will remain. And I think there's some things God's given us that are going to remain. Let's jump into the scripture in Numbers chapter 16. I'm just going to give you three verses and uh, then give you a little bit of the inside of what's happening. Um, this is what Moses is saying to Aaron. Aaron is the high priest. Numbers 16, verse 46 through 48, it says this. So Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put fire in it from the altar. Put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them, for the wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. Let me just clarify. This plague, and this, this is not a wrath from God. This is not judgment from God. Come on. God did all that to Jesus at the cross. Everything that's been taken care of happened on the cross. This is just the, the nature of fallen humanity, fallen mankind. Come on. Disease and, and, and destruction and death are part of our planet. And so, so hear me. Even though I'm going Old Testament in this verse, don't, don't hear that, that I'm saying this is from God. It's not from God. This is the nature of the world we live in. In this situation, 
it was, and it says the plague had begun. Verse 47, then Aaron took it, and, and Mo, took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly, and already the plague had begun among the people. So he put in the incense and made atonement for the people. Verse 48, and he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. He stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. My title for today is this, Plague, Food Poisoning, and Plane Rides. I know it's an awkward title, but plague, food poisoning, plane rides. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. Change us today. Give us insight prophetically. Download something to us in this time of, of pandemic, in this time of concern. Download your word. Download uh, your direction. Download your wisdom. We need you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I was in Colorado a week and a half ago, right when, the, when this um, started breaking out, really, right when it started hitting our nation strong, and a lot of us pastors were together, about 18 of us together um, in Colorado, and, and, and so on Tuesday, we got there on Monday, <clears throat> on Wednesday, it really started hitting strong, Tuesday night, Wednesday, we started wondering what was happening, and um, in the trip, there was another pastor that got there late, he got there on Tuesday night, and when he showed up Tuesday night, we we're all hanging out. And um, he, he, didn't, he didn't seem that, that different, but he, he, didn't, he was in my room and staying in, in like the top bunk of the room I was in. And so I, I didn't think he was feeling very well. He didn't complain much about it, but he's like, ah, I don't feel great. And, you know, our room kind of was a little stuffy, if you know what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't know if he feels good. I know Tuesday night, this is my roommate. And uh, by Wednesday, we're all hanging out. By Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, we, we all come back together, and he comes back into the, into the house, and he is just deathly ill. I mean, like, like sick. He start, it's about 9 at night, 10 at night. You can tell he's not feeling good. He's staying in my room. All of a sudden, like, rumors start flying. I mean, the COVID-19's breaking out in the universe. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're like, man, I'm, I'm, that's my roommate. I'm like, he's sleeping on the top bunk. What happened last night? I've got it, you know? And, and, and they're like, no, he ate bad food. He got food poisoning at lunch. He ate some salmon on a salad. I'm like, I'm, I mean, never have I prayed for anybody to have food poisoning. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, God, I please, please give him food poisoning. I pray to God it's not viral. It's not a virus. He, he, he's, he starts throwing up in the evening, and, and it gets worse and worse. It comes out that he had, been in, he had been in Indonesia two days prior to coming and hanging out with us. He'd been in a mission trip, and we're all like calculating the time. We're like, Indonesia. I'm like, what's going on, man? We got the virus, and, and he's in my room, and my room is stuffy, and the window's not open, and I've got a plane ride in two days. I can't catch whatever he has. And he, now he's throwing up, and it's happening in both ends. And, and I'm, like, I'm like, I can't stay. I'm, not, I, I'm watching this take place, and I'm praying, oh, God, this can't be the virus. And then, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm staying all night long. I'm staying on the couch. I'm going, I go to the couch. I separate myself. We pray for him for like 30 minutes of, and, and me and another pastor who was in that room, and then we kind of remove our, I remove myself. Matt stayed in the room. I'm like going to the couch. I'm sleeping on the couch. I was like, I can't catch it. The next day, he sleeps in. They, we had to take him to the hospital at like 3 a.m. that night. He got so dehydrated. So he goes to the hospital, comes back, sleeps into the, into the morning, into the afternoon, and uh, I'm on the couch. The next day, this is Thursday now, he wakes up and he's no better. And, and, then, and then they're like, we've got to get him to the hospital again. And this guy, Matt, he's like this holy Christian. He had been all up with him, like hanging out, helping him all night. I'm like distancing myself. I'm standing other, I'm like, I can't, I'm praying for food poisoning. God, please, I've got a plane ride. I cannot be doing what I watched him do all night at 30,000 feet in the plane. I can't do it. Can you imagine? I mean, uh, I can't, I can't like infect the whole plane. I can't, that, that little, that little bathroom's too small. I can't do it, God. 
plagues and food poisoning and, and, and plane rides. And I'm like, okay, well, finally, he has to go back to the hospital. And so they come to me, and I'm awake at this point, and this guy, Matt, I'm telling you, this Matt is like Jesus. Matt, if you're listening to me, shout out. You're like Jesus. Took care of him all night, you know, holding him, helping him, like, you know, praying for him. And then it's time to go to the hospital the second time. They, like, line the seats in the truck with, like, plastic. It looks like we're going to take a dead body somewhere. They're lining the seats. They look at me, and they say, Pastor, can you help him to the truck? And, and there's a door and then these stairs. I mean, you got to keep in mind, he can barely stand up. I'm thinking we're going to have to carry him. Like I, and I'm thinking I can't catch this. I leave tomorrow. So literally, they, I, they open the front door and, and, and there's steps. And I don't want him to fall and die, right? And so, I, and so they're like, help him, help him to the car. And, and so I, like a good, you know, brave Christian that I am, full of health and strength and the Holy Spirit, I, I act like I'm helping him. I just... I keep, I'm, I'm social distancing before it was even a thing. I'm like standing back. I get him all the way to the door. I make sure he doesn't fall and he gets in the car. I don't touch him. I get far as I can from him and I feel so convicted, but I don't care because I don't want to catch it. I'm praying for food poisoning. I'm like, please God, let it be, let it be food poisoning and not viral. Matt, on the other hand, helping him the whole way, running into the room, helping him that night. I, I got all my stuff out of the room that night, packed my bag, stayed in a corner, slept away from that floor even. I was totally not a Christian. <laughs> And, and, and Matt ran and helped. Listen, I just want to, in this story, Aaron, Aaron runs in the middle of a plague. He's the high priest. Jesus, for you and I, runs into the middle of our plague, runs into the middle of our mess. There's no distancing from Jesus. There's no social distancing. Like he's running at our mess and getting involved in it. Aaron is the, is the high priest in this story. And he actually runs in the middle of this plague, doesn't get away from it, but gets all up in the middle. The story goes that Moses and Aaron are leading and some of the Reubenites, they're jealous. They want Moses' position. So Korah and some other guys go to Moses. They're like, we want your position. God says that they're in rebellion. And so God judges them and says, take these censers and put fire on them and I'll figure out who's with God and who's not. And so the earth opens up and swallows like 250 people. It's crazy. It's the Old Testament, okay? I'm glad that the earth swallowed Jesus up. Come on, for three days. Doesn't have to swallow up anybody any longer because... Because or swallow Jesus up, right? God put himself in that boat. But it swallows these people that are in rebellion. And so, so then Moses and Aaron, after that happens, all of the people, like millions of people, start blaming Moses and Aaron for those people dying. And they say, you killed God's people, and they start coming after him. And, and I can't imagine this scenario, <clears throat> two men against millions of people, and they're crowding in around, and the Bible says the glory of the Lord comes down, the cloud comes down over the tabernacle, and the Shekinah glory of God, the, the light of God shows up in the middle of the cloud because you can't see his face and live, so, so it just shows up in the middle of that. And then God speaks to Moses and Aaron and all these people that are coming after him, and God says, get out of the way and stand up because I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> and, I, and I love Moses, the prophet, the pastor, he knows God's heart. He knows God's mercy. And him and Aaron fall on their face and begin to pray. And they're like, please, God, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't wipe them out. Even though they've rebelled, even though they hate us, even though they're trying to kill us. Come on, isn't that just like Jesus? Even though that we didn't accept him, even though we wanted to rebel against him, even he's still praying for us and believing for us. I wrote this down. You can, you can write this down. God's faith. This is what Moses knew. When they began to pray, and Moses gives Aaron some instructions to go and stop the plague. This is what God, this is what I believe that Moses knew. God's faithfulness is greater than man's failures. 
No matter what, no matter what you're facing, that God's faithfulness to this scenario on this planet is greater than man's failures, is greater than any mistakes we've made. God's faithfulness is true in Jesus. And so Aaron takes the instructions from Moses. He gets this incense. He gets this fire. And he runs out into the middle of the people. And he stands between the dead and the living. 14,700 people had already died in this scenario. This plague had already wiped out 14,000 plus people. And so, so Aaron, as the high priest, runs out in the middle, stands between the living and the dead by himself with this censer that's smoking up to God. And it says the plague ceases and stops. And so I just want to ask you and give you three things to, to, or four things, what we do when, when plague hits home. What do we do right now? What do we do in this coronavirus? What do we do from this story when plague hits home? Number one, very simple, some very basic, but I think prophetic things. Number one, stay undercover. Stay undercover. I mean, how, how, did, how did Aaron decide to run out and get in the middle of a plague, two million people that wanted to kill him, two million people that were against him. And Moses says, hey, go put some fire on this censer, get it from the altar and run in the middle of all of them. I mean, why'd he do that? Because he was undercover. He, he, he had this authority and this power because he was up undercover. You and I, we've got to stay up undercover. Moses knew that he had to stay undercover. Aaron stayed undercover and it gave him a boldness to run out amongst the plague and amongst the people. Moses said, go out and make atonement for the people. The word atonement actually just means uh, to make a covering for the people. So he runs out and he actually makes a covering for the people. Christ did the same thing. Guys, I know we're facing a, 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 a sickness and a disease, but the reality is Christ ran from heaven under the cover of God's word, left his throne, left eternity, came into temporal time and gave us his life stood as an intercessor and high priest in between the living and the dead and said, I'm going to cover all of humanity. And he's given us the, the mandate to do the same. You and I are allowed to, to cover now because we're undercover. We've got to stay undercover. We're called to follow that example. First Peter 4, 8. Look at this scripture. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. We're called to cover you're called to cover. I'm called to cover. You cannot cover anybody if you're not undercover. How, how can we cover anything if we're not undercover? If you're uncovered, you can't cover. And so get up under spiritual authority. Even though we're not up in the church, don't disconnect from your spiritual leadership. I'm calling my pastors every day. I'm talking to other pastors. I'm talking to my overseers. We're talking about what's happening in the world, not out of fear, but out of what God's doing. We're, 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 we're believing for each other. We're talking to local pastors. I'm still undercover. I'm praying. I'm asking God what he'd have us do. I'm still practicing spiritual disciplines, probably more than I did before. Come on, isn't this a good time to get back into the word and get some personal worship and get up under the covering of the power of God? You and I want protected, but, but if we're going to be protected, we got to get undercover. Here's the thing. Satan always steals the covers. God's about covering. Satan's about uncovering. And so, so Aaron was under this cover of Moses. Come on, anybody live with a thief in the night that steals the covers? Come on, I think my wife says I'm the one. I'm the thief in the night. Come on, what happens when someone steals the covers? You wake up kind of in awe. You wake up surprised, like it's so cold in here. Like why, why am I out here in thin air? Why are my legs uncovered? Why am I trying to sleep in thin air? I need some weight. My wife likes just the sheets. I like a heavy heavy blanket. Come on. The Bible says that the glory of God is heavy, right? I need to sleep with some weight on me. 
those of you that sleep in thin air, I'm sorry. But, but, but that's, what, that's what happens when we get out from undercover. It's like we're out in thin air. We're kind of surprised. We're cold. We wake up. We're like, what's happening? I'm out there on my own. God intends for you to stay undercover. Satan will use all types of stuff to steal your cover. He'll, he'll, he'll use fear, confusion, doubt, despair, indifference. Like, oh, well, world's over. I can't make a difference. You know, uh, like I'm sheltered now. I'm isolated. Satan wants to uncover you. Come on. God wants you to stay covered. You got to get some weight on your life so that you can help cover others. Number one, stay undercover. Number two, be a light bringer. It's very simple. Aaron's name actually means light bringer. Come on, this is a time right now when there's more darkness in the world than ever before. There's more fear. There's more panic. Satan always operates in the dark. That's his tool. If he can stay in the dark, if he can work in the dark and disguise himself, then he can actually bring fear and chaos into our life. God always operates in the light. His very name, Aaron's very name means light bringer. I want to encourage you, all of the fear right now, all of the darkness, all of the disease, God is still saying, let there be light. He specializes in creating light in dark situations. The earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. He's still creating light for you and I to actually reflect. He's saying, let there be light. He's turning ashes into joy. He's turning mourning into dancing. He's turning darkness into light. Come on, God said that light entered the world and darkness could not overtake it. You and I are called to reflect that light. Right now, of all times, be a light bringer. Don't let the news, don't let the, the doubt and the negativity get you down. Be one that brings light. Look what Isaiah 58, 10 says. And if you spin yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in darkness and your night will become like noonday. I mean, what a great verse that as dark as it could be in our life, if we're reflecting God's heart, everything's like noonday around us. I think that's the kind of people and the kind of unshakable church we're called to be. And here's, here's why I think we get so anxious and so worried because we're not reflecting light. We're always trying to create light. And we don't create light. Like, what can I do? How can we serve? How can I shine? How can I? No, you can't. You can't help. Only God can. Only God is the one that actually creates light. We're just called to reflect light. It's God. We're called to reflect light, not create light. Come on, it's not B-Y-O-L. It's not, not bring your own light. It's B-G-O-L. Bring God's own light. You, it's G. You bring... You got to reflect who he is and, and here's how to do it. And I think this is really something God's doing in this hour. Number three, get back to the basics. I think God is stripping us down to the basics. Well, I mean, get, what did Aaron do? He got back to the basics. What do I mean by that? Moses said, I want you to go to the altar, get, get fire from the altar, get incense and run into the middle of the crowd. Get fire from the altar, get incense and run to the middle of the crowd. Get fire from the altar, get incense and run to the crowd. The fire from the altar, there were multiple altars in this time. The actual fire that, Aaron, that Moses said get was actually from the brazen altar. It was the place of sacrifice. It was the altar where they would make blood sacrifices. And then once that blood was spilled and God was pleased with that blood sacrifice, fire would actually come down from heaven and, and burn up the sacrifice. It's this picture of the Christ, uh, the blood of Christ, the cross of Christ, and then the fire of the Holy Spirit consuming our life. It's the blood that shed and then the fire that we're actually cleansed by blood and then consumed by fire and then sent out to pray for the masses. 
That's what's happening in the church right now. We're online, we're praying, we're believing, we're asking neighbors. I want to encourage you back to the basics. This is what Aaron took. He took this incense, he took this fire. It was this blood sacrifice and then the fire that consumed that and then this incense that went out and stood as a lone high priest in between what was living and dead. And God began to stop that plague. I think that we have to just allow God to strip some things away and get back to the basics of our faith. Come on, I'm just talking about Acts chapter 1 and 2, like, like the blood of God and the spirit of God and prayer. The cross of Jesus, the sacrifice. I'm talking to myself, revival is the cross plus Pentecost plus prayer. The, co- the cross plus Pentecost plus prayer. I've got to pray more. I've got to let the blood of Jesus speak and cover my life, cleanse my life of things. God, search me and renew me and cleanse my life and then set me on fire to go out and pray for those that are hurting in the midst of this plague. Aaron got those things. He got this fire from this altar. He got this incense. And the Bible says he went out to make atonement and stood. The Bible actually says he ran out. The last one, number four, you got to get an urgency. I've got to get an urgency. I think that's another thing that's happening in the, in the unshakable church right now, an, an urgency. I mean, come on, we're going to live somewhere. I mean, Jesus is going to show back up, right? I mean, this is happening. There's, it's powerful. Like, like we know we get to hang out and, and serve him and see him again one day. But there, there should be an urgency for lost humanity, an urgency to stand between the living and the dead. Like the greatest miracle, the greatest purpose, the greatest cause is souls and people that don't know God and that need Christ Jesus, the one that gave life. Aaron runs out. You know how old Aaron was? He was 110 years old. You ever seen a grown old man run? <laughs> it's bad enough for an old man to run. You seen a grown man run? A grown, pretty old man running. Come on, that, it is not going to be pretty. My kids try to race me. I'm 45 years old now. Everything hurts. My kids want to wrestle me, race me. It is not pretty. If I'm going to beat them, I'm like, oh, 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 my shoulder, oh, my shoulder. And then I got to throw a move on them and get them when they're not expecting it. It's ugly. I tell them, I'm, but I'm not going to let them win. I'm going to trip them. If I'm racing, I'm going to knock them down. I'm going to pull out some kind of move. It's going to be ugly. I'm going to win. It's not going to be pretty, but I'm going to run. I'm, I'm, I'm old, but I'm, I'm going to run. Come on, somebody. It's not going to be pretty to run for God sometimes. you got to quit worrying about how dainty you look and how pretty you look. And if you look stupid or what are they going to say if you pray for them? Or what's going to happen if I go up and if I serve? or if I? we got to quit worrying about how we look. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be perfect. Right now, I mean, people are open to the gospel and open to you praying for them and open to you saying, man, I'm just running to you right now. How can I serve you? How can I get in the midst of this? How can I be urgent? This this young man urgently runs. Can I say this to you? The cure is only coming if we run with it. So often we want the Holy Spirit and the fire of God and the revival of God. The cure is only coming if you and I run with it. Aaron runs out with this urgency and stands. And I know for my own life, it's easy sometimes with all the distractions and, and all the things and the busyness of my schedule and the busyness of life. And I mean, I, I, I think sometimes I forget the basics, getting back to the basics with my wife and my kids and, 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 and my calling in God just in the word and worship and hearing his voice. And sometimes we need to not, not create more distractions, but put those aside and get back to the, the basics and be urgent with it. I want to close and I'm going to pray for you for a couple things. I, I, think, I think the only reason we can do any of these things is because we're a, a reflection of Jesus. 
Jesus did all this first. Aaron in the Old Testament, he's the first high priest. He's a typology and a picture prophetically of what Jesus would do. A picture of Jesus being submitted and under the cover of God's word. One that would run to this planet in the middle of plague and disease and chaos. You know, there's a worse thing than a virus on this planet. It's called sin. It's called disease and decay and separation from God. There's, that's, that's the greatest thing that we're called to run into. Jesus leaves heaven and runs into that and he does it on his own with the with the blood of his own life the blood of his own sacrifice the Holy Spirit he has and he gives that up at the cross and then adds the incense of prayer to it saying father forgive them for they know not what they do and he gives up his Holy Spirit and then gives us charge in the Bible to go out and make disciples of all nations. He, he, he's the perfect reflection of God's glory on the earth. He's the fullness of deity in bodily form, completely and fully. I mean, when we see Jesus, we see God, and he's the one that came, left heaven, came into the middle of millions of people, billions of people that hated him and wanted to kill him and despised him, and he gave his life and interceded all on his own, standing like Aaron in the middle of the living and the dead, all by himself up on that cross. And I, I just want to tell you today and encourage you, man, God, Jesus is God all by himself today for your life. And, and he's on the side and standing and praying for those that believe in him. And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're, you're dealing with. I know, it, I know what I'm dealing with. I know what the planet's dealing with, but I don't know how it's hitting you personally. And, and I'm just reminded of a verse that Paul said about his own life. Paul said this, that, that I am confident that he is able to keep that which I commit to him until that day. Paul says, I'm confident that everything I give to him and commit to him, he can keep until I see him again one day. But here's what you have to know. He can only keep what you commit to him. He, he can only keep what you willingly put in his hands. And you might say, well, I don't know if I've committed it to him. And I don't know, how, how do I know if I've given it to him? Well, here's how you know. If you're not trying to take it back and worry over it and fight over it. Come on, when you go to an airplane and you check in your bags, you take the bags and you commit them to that airline. You put a little ticket on it and they take it and it's gone out of your sight. You're not worried about it anymore. You're not going through security check with it. You're not getting patted down through that bag anymore. You're, you're not putting it in the overhead. You're not worried if it adjusts. You're not, you're not trying to get room for it under your feet. You're not having a stewardess ask you about it. You checked it. You committed it. You're not saying, excuse me, can I go under the plane and check and see if it's still there? No. <laughs> this isn't any Bruce Willis stuff. Come on, this isn't Die Hard. You're not under the plane. No, you're sitting in your seat. You've committed it to the airlines. And if you show back up at your destination and you go to get your bag, it's there. And if it's not there, the airline is liable to repay you or repair your trip or your, or your grievances that took place. And I just want to tell you that if you commit your life to God or you commit anything to God today, I want to pray for you to commit some things to God today. And if you will commit those to God, He's liable. He, he is the one that's reliable and He's the one that's liable to keep anything you give to Him. Come on, I want you to give your peace to Him today. I want you to give your stock market money to Him today. I want you to give your mind to Him today. I want you to give your health to Him, your family, your kids, this season about God, how do you want to use me? How can I reflect your love? How can I be a reflection of your light, God? We want to commit it all to God today. Some of you are so worried and you're still checking your bags and, and, and you're freaking out and I get it, like, I understand it's concerning, but, but we're going to commit it to God and he's reliable and he's liable to keep it until we see him.
So I want to pray for that. Maybe some of you just need to commit your peace to God. It's a peace that passes understanding. Commit your mind to God. Your mind's wandering in all kinds of directions. Maybe a loved one's sick right now. I've got a good friend right now. His father's battling cancer. Been committing that to God all day long. Committing my children to God like never before. Committing my money to God. Like I pastor a church. Like I'm preaching online right now. Come on. We're believing God. Committing how we can serve our city to God. Committing my, my wife and I's relationship. I mean, just everything is time to put back in God's hands, guys. And then some of you, you've never committed your life to God. And the Bible says this, that Jesus is the one, the high priest, that actually came and stood by himself to give you life. He stood between the living and the dead in this story. Some of you have never surrendered your life and committed your life to him, and you're anxious, you're fearful, you're, you feel guilty, you feel shame about your mistakes and sin, and you feel like, if I just did enough or did more, and no, 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 no. Jesus is God by himself. Some of you have never committed your life to him, or you've taken your life in your own hands, and you're going to make it work out you can actually commit your life to Jesus and have confidence that he can keep that until you see him one day eye to eye. He'll actually give you life. I want to say this to you. Jesus did not die to make bad people good. He died to make dead people alive. And some of you need life today in the life of God. Would you just open up your heart and let me pray for you real quick. Father, thank you so much that you're able to keep what we commit to you today. Lord, I thank you that we're going to stay undercover, God. That, that we're going to be light bringers, God, in this dark time. We're going to bring light and love. We're going to be a reflection of who you are. Lord, we're going to get back to the basics like never before, and we're going to be urgent with it, God. We're going to run into the middle of some things that might not look pretty, but we're willing to run as your people. We're an unshakable church. Lord, anybody listening to the sound of my voice right now that's kind of been holding on or fearful to commit the things to you, they would commit the things to you today they need to commit to you. We just declare we commit our, our future to you. God, I know it's unknown. We commit our jobs to you. We commit our cities to you, our, our hospitals, our healthcare workers. We commit this virus and plague to you. You're able to stop the plague. We pray that you would stop this thing in its tracks, God. That we pray that you would end it and cease it, Lord. That no one would be affected more than what's happened already, Jesus. Lord, and ultimately you turn every battle to good, that you turn everybody to your face, to your news, to the good news of the cross, that you stood on our behalf, you stood as the high priest, you stood on that cross for humanity, for every virus, for every viral attack, for every attack of sin and destruction and separation from God, you stood in the gap, Jesus. And so ultimately we look to you, Jesus, and we commit all these things right now. We open our hand up and we just check the baggage, we just... We just commit it to you and we believe that we'll get there and see you one day and you'll have it taken care of. And until then, let us reflect your love. If you're listening to my voice and you know you've never committed your life to Jesus, today's your day. The Bible just says this, if you would commit your heart to Jesus, your life to Jesus, if you would give him your, your life and let him be your leader, that you get a fresh start in God. Some of you right now need a fresh start in God. Some of you need the life of God. I don't mean religion. I don't mean rules. I don't mean church. Come on, we're online right now. Some of you know you need to surrender your heart to God. You need to commit your life to Jesus. He's the one that died for sin, for guilt, for mistakes. He removed them all, nailed them to a tree, went into the earth for three days, rose from the dead, ascended to the right hand of God, and sent his spirit to give us life, real life. Not to make you good, but to make you alive. 
And I pray that today, if you need to come alive in God, you need a fresh start, you would just pray this prayer with me. It's as simple as surrendering your life to Jesus. It's as simple as praying, believing in your heart that he's God, that he rose from the dead, and confessing Jesus with your mouth. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And if you need to commit your life, just pray this prayer right there in your home, right there in your car, right there in front of your iPhone, tablet, whatever it is. Just pray this prayer with me right now. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being God, for defeating death, for going to that cross and taking my sin and my shame and my guilt and going into the grave and raising from the dead to give me life. Lord, I believe that you rose from the dead and that you are God. I commit my life into your hands. Fill me with your life. I commit the rest of my days to you to bring you honor, glory, and praise. And I will be a reflection of your love and your life in this planet until I see you again in one day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, we need an unshakable church. You're an unshakable people. I love you so much. Come on, stay tuned all week long. Have an amazing week.